Hey, what's going on, folks? We have a big show for you today. Why is the White House calling Elon Musk racist and anti-Semitic? Why is IBM and Lionsgate pulling out advertisers? And why is he under great media attack again for responding to some Twitter or X threads? We're gonna read the full threads, talk about it, and ask ourselves the question, are we allowed to be equal in the United States of America? Is your race allowed to have the same victim cards as other races? And is standing up for yourself peacefully, calmly, and accurately considered hate speech when you demand that other groups do what they demand that you do? It's gonna be a wild show, folks. God bless you. Dream Rare Podcast starts now. It's the Dream Rare Podcast. Welcome to the show. The way to get the news at the desk or on the road. Let's go. God is great and success in our control. The world is crazy. What's going on, everybody? God bless you. Looks like Facebook and YouTube is in the house. Today, we're going to talk about, and this is going to be a long presentation, so I hope you guys stay tuned. Elon Musk is being called racist and anti-Semitic directly from the White House, and the media is also attacking him as being anti-Semitic, and a bunch of companies are starting to pull their advertisements away from Twitter or X uh, for anti-Semitism. So Elon has crossed the third rail of politics. You never, ever defend white people as an ethnic group, and you never criticize Jewish groups. Those are the two things that you're not allowed to do. That's racist, sexist, xenophobic, all those words. It's that. You know, you can only do so much, but do it going that far is like a crazy thing for a billionaire to do. And Elon Musk did it. I'll just show you guys in different parts exactly what he said and why he's in trouble. Here's the first part, and here's what CNN is saying about him. Now, let's look at the Twitter thread that got Elon Musk in trouble and had a bunch of mainstream media, including CNN Business's Dave Goldman, saying things like this headline, Elon Musk agrees with anti-Semitic ex-post that claims Jews push hatred against white people. Here's the tweet that Elon Musk responded to from a user named Breaking Bot. Okay. Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind of dialectical hatred against whites that they claim to want people to stop using against them. I'm deeply disinterested in giving the tiniest shit now about Western Jewish populations coming to the disturbing realization that those hordes of minorities that support flooding their country don't exactly like them too much. You want the truth said to your face? There it is. Elon Musk responded to this tweet and said, You have said the actual truth. The ADL unjustly attacks the majority of the West, despite the majority of the West supporting the Jewish people in Israel. This is because they cannot, by their own tenets, criticize the minority groups who are their primary threat. It is not right and it needs to stop. A user named What's Up Franks responded and said, yes, but this is not fair to say or truthful to say that Jewish communities promote dialectical hatred towards white. Say what you want about the ADL, but don't generalize the Jewish community. Elon Musk responded and said, you write that this does not extend to all Jewish communities, but it is also not just limited to the ADL. Wow. Elon Musk received horrific press for this sentiment. So I guess that tweet was saying that there are certain Jewish organizations that have pushed for some of the policies that they're now mad at, and the person wasn't sympathetic towards that. And Elon said, you're saying the truth. Um, he was saying that a lot of Jewish organizations have pushed for policies that they're now complaining about. And then someone said, well, you shouldn't say Jewish communities, you know, because it's not all people. And e Elon said, of course, no, it's not. But it's not just the Anti-Defamation League and the ADL. There are other organizations that you know, there, there's actually something called the World Jewish Congress where they are, they have some sort of like shell or, or, or like, 
I would say, branch of their group in Uruguay that's canceling hotels for Roger Waters, calling him anti-Semitic and getting the hotel to pull out, where it's like you have a group called the World Jewish Congress that works internationally for uh, its cause, but then they'll call you anti-Semitic for saying that there's a single person of their ethnicity or religion that cares about the, the, the themselves more than the country that they live in. Like that's actually anti-Semitic hate speech rules being passed through. So it's like they have these groups that are doing these things, but you're not allowed to talk about it or else it's racist and anti-Semitic, even if you're 100% accurate or being kind or being respectful. It doesn't matter. It's one of those things where like you see with certain athletes, they're allowed to push anti-white rhetoric, right? And nobody cares. The press is fine with it. The donors are fine with it. But the second they direct that same uh, criticism towards another group, then all of a sudden they're suspended from the NBA. And if you even mention that it happened, they'll call you hateful. So it's like, you know, a lot of this stuff, it seems like Elon's interested in. And here is where he goes like, really, I would say that four or five years ago, no one would dare say this because they'd call you like all these sort of names like a racist and a white nationalist and a white supremacist and they'll throw the whole you know they'll, they'll throw the whole thing at you even though it's not true but uh elon responded to this thread from jack posebic take a watch it's pretty wild jack posobic said white people are the only ones who are supposed to hate their own race in order to be considered good people whiteness is the only culture identified by those outside it and not those who are part of it and white culture is the only one where hatred of it is considered a virtue. Eva Vlardiner Brock responded, everyone is allowed to be proud of their race except for white people because we've been brainwashed into believing that our history was somehow worse than that of other races. That false narrative needs to die. And if we really want to do the comparing game, white people have also done a lot of good for the world. Elon Musk responded to this tweet thread and said, yeah, this is super messed up. Time for this nonsense to end and shame anyone who perpetuates these lies. Wow. So within 24 hours of saying those two things that I just showed you, Elon Musk is under attack for a separate reason and they're pulling tweets or they're pulling advertisers from Twitter saying that he's anti-Semitic because of other stuff. They're like, you know, as the media smearing for that. So all it takes is him to take a stance and say, hey, People hating white people is wrong. Any groups promoting this is wrong. And I'm going to identify certain groups that I've seen that do promote this stuff. And that's wrong. Uh, you know, within 24 hours, um, Elon Musk is being attacked from all sides. I'm sure it's just a spontaneous coincidence. Here's a video that I wanted to share because I have two back, back to back to share with you. One of them is a debate that happened recently between Mark Lamont Hill and one guy who used to work for Trump. I think he was in, in charge of the embassy of... Um, you know, Israel. I got to check that though. But this one is from Shalomi Aloni, who is an Israel politician. She founded the Rats Party, was the leader of the Moretz Party, and she also won the Israel Prize and was the Minister of Education in Israel. Okay. So this is an Israeli woman who is saying that the term anti Semitism is constantly abused and used to squash criticism of a foreign country. It's not me saying this. It's not me thinking this. This is an Israeli politician who won an Israel Prize admitting what most people are figuring out, but will be massively smeared by the press if they ever figure out. Here's the clip. Often when there is dissent expressed in the United States against policies of the Israeli government, um, uh, people here are called anti-Semitic. Uh, what is your response to that as an Israeli Jew? Well, it's a trick. We always use it. When from Europe somebody is criticizing Israel, then we bring up the Holocaust. 
when in this country people are criticizing Israel, then they are anti-Semitic. And the organization is strong and has a lot of money. And the, the ties between uh, Israel and the American esta Jewish establishment are very strong. And they are strong in this country, as you know. Uh, they have power, which it's okay, they are talented people and they have power, money and uh, media and other things. And their attitude is Israel, my country, right or wrong, the identification. And they are not ready to hear criticism. And it's very easy to blame people who criticize certain acts of the Israeli government as anti-Semitics and to bring up the Holocaust and the suffering of the Jewish people and that's, that justify everything we do to the Palestinians. I don't know when that interview came from, but here's recently in the last couple of days, Mark Lamont Hill, who, by the way, I'm not a huge fan of. I don't really like the guy. He debated with a man named David Friedman, who was Trump's ambassador to Israel, and they were debating about uh, Palestine and Israel and Trump's ambassador, former ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, accused him of Holocaust denial because he asked for proof. So now asking them for proof is Holocaust denial. Exactly what Shulamit Aloni said. This is a constant tactic that certain people use in order to just shame anybody for any reason that they want. I mean, look how ridiculous this is. This is recent. This happened a couple of days ago. What independent yes. uh, uh, reference, what source, what investigation has proven that? Who has proven that it's an Al-Shifa hospital since it's been a proven fact? Who proved it? So now we're going to get into this basic like Holocaust denying idea that that evidence that Israel has shown is not valid. I mean, is that what you're doing? Do, no, do you deny that no, people no, were no, raped? No, 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 everybody that challenges you is not doing Holocaust denial. You said... So I don't even like Mark Lamont Hill at all, really. I find him quite annoying and fake. But he just said, like, where's your proof for what you're saying? And he, the, the guy who was the ambassador to Israel under Trump immediately just says, oh, you're going to engage in some sort of Holocaust denial. It's like, so now asking for proof when you're going after a hospital is Holocaust denial. But here's the thing. No matter how much you lie or exaggerate or use that to shut down opposition, it's constantly rewarded. And anybody like Elon Musk who has a single question or comment is constantly and constantly shamed. I mean, the double standards are obvious when it comes to race, religion, et cetera. And Elon Musk is braver than the entire GOP for really talking about this subject because everybody knows in GOP politics or any politics that this is the third rail of conversation. The reason that they're allowed to go and talk in front of you and sell their t-shirts and do all the dumb stuff they do is because they don't go on this topic. The second that you go on this topic, like Elon Musk does, your life will forever be changed. The press will turn against you. Right-wing press will turn against you. You're going to lose money. You're going to lose sponsors. Like the whole world cracks down on you like you're Neo from the Matrix. The second that you say, okay, is it bad for white groups to do bad things to black and Jewish people and say bad things? And it's like, yes, that's horrible. It's like, is it bad for certain Jewish groups to, to hate white people? And then it's like, oh, that's anti-Semitism. And it's like, you're anti-Semitic for pointing out the double standards, but everybody's allowed, whether it's black or Jewish groups, to do the double standards. You're just supposed to sit and take it and not even mention it. I want to give you an example real quick, because this is the founder or, or the uh, guy who normalized hardcore pornography in America, right? He pointed out that one of the reasons that he did it was because he hated white people and hated Christians and Catholics. He admitted it. He's like, I, I can't stand you guys. That's why I did porn in the United States, right? 
can I point that out that this guy is explicitly saying that he hates white people and Christians or would they consider it anti-Semitism to even point it out? Do you get what I'm saying? It's actually scarier to point this stuff out than it is for certain groups to openly hate on you and be like, we don't care. It's not about having equality. Equality, it's, it's about the double standards that you need to bow down to. And if you ever do or you ever don't, like Elon Musk or anyone, will pull the sponsors, will freak out at you. The press will call you all sorts of names. The White House will call you a racist. And Elon Musk is, is going hard on this topic. I mean, it's a very difficult topic to go hard on. I'm surprised that Elon uh, wants to go there. But here, let me just show you an example of this is, by the way, on Wikipedia for everyone to read if you ever want to. Take a look at the guy who pushed hardcore pornography in the United States. So Al Goldstein was an American pornographer and he's known for helping normalize hardcore pornography in the United States. And if you look at his Wikipedia for views on religion and his 2004 book, XXX Communicated, Luke Ford wrote about a conversation with Goldstein in which he asked why Jews were dramatically overrepresented in the porn industry. Goldstein answered, the only reason that Jews are in pornography is that we think that Christ sucks, Catholicism sucks, we don't believe in authoritarianism. Pornography thus becomes a way of defiling Christian culture, and as it penetrates to the very heart of the American mainstream and is no doubt consumed by those very same wasps, its subversive character becomes more charged. Ford then asks, what does it mean to you to be a Jew? To which Goldstein responded, it doesn't mean anything. It means I'm called a expletive. Ford also asked, do you believe in God? Goldstein said, I believe in me. I'm God. Screw God. God is your need to believe in some super being. I am the super being. I am your God. Admit it. We're random. We're the flea on the butt of a dog. So the guy who pushed hardcore pornography, in his own words, he hates Christians. He hates Catholicism. He was trying to defile what he called wasps, a.k.a. Western white people. And he's like, yeah, that's why I'm doing it. That's how I am. But it's like, would that be considered anti-Christian or anti-white? Of course not. It would be considered anti-Semitic to point out that that's even happening. And that's what Elon Musk was doing. He's not saying all people. He's not saying all groups. But he's noticing that a lot of the stuff going on is being pushed by organizations like the ADL that although people like Ben Shapiro will say they're a left wing organization, sure, but they're a Jewish, an international Jewish organization under their own words. And you could see the hypocrisy when people that are right wing like uh, Libs of TikTok, her name is, she's a woman who's right wing and exposes liberals. She says she's going to threatens a lawsuit against the ADL and says that they're calling her an extremist because they're left wing. But then under the same breath, a week later, she tells a bunch of Jewish students to go report to the ADL. So it's like, how, how upset are you at the ADL as a right winger when you're saying you're going to sue them, but at the same time, you're telling students to go report to them. You're like funneling people to them. Isn't that a little bit weird? So, you know, a lot of this stuff, it's like, all people are asking for is equality. And, and this is like considered extremely racist in America. If you think that you should judge people by the content of their character, you're a racist. If you think that other groups should do what you have to do, you're a racist. Everyone's allowed to be tribal except for you. You realizing that everyone's tribal and they don't like you, that's actually considered hate from you. You're just supposed to sit and take it and not even notice that it's happening. It's like, okay, well, if there was a group that was this religion or this race, and it was pushing this type of rhetoric, you would call it this or that. But when these groups do it to these people, it's just considered normal and you're getting in trouble for even pointing it out. And this is something that you're not gonna see Trump or DeSantis do to be quite frank, because Trump and DeSantis are both puppets. They're both sold out to donors. Trump ran on the premise of 
I'll never take their money. I'm so rich. I don't need corporate money. I don't need donor money. He lied to you. But Republicans don't want to face the truth. They'd rather rally behind the false messiah and the false symbol of truth than realize that he's just another sellout. They both are. Um, they're, they're never going to say stuff like this. In fact, they're just going to funnel a bunch of money to pass for hate speech laws and rules to get Elon Musk in more trouble when he points out what he pointed out. Like that's who Trump and DeSantis are. They're the false messiah. They're the Judas goats. They're the ultimate deceivers. And that's the whole Republican party. It's people like Mike Johnson that are just total scam artists. Like they'll give you some footage of January 6th. So you shut up for two years, but they're working against you with all their legislation. What does Congress even do? What have they done in the last four to six years besides print money, cause inflation? And you know what I'm saying? get mad at you when you point it out. It's ridiculous. So, you know, I, I could talk about this a lot. I don't want to make this video too, too long. Um, but I do want to say this, you know, Elon really went out there and everybody knows in politics that you don't ever defend like white people as a group. You know what I'm saying? Like white people as a group, you're only allowed to define it if you're hating on it. Like everybody knows that it's like, if you come, if you talk about anything black, like black people or black, this or black, that, you have to compliment and and basically like say something nice about because if you ever criticize in any sort of way, whether it's statistically or whatever, that's considered racism. So when you talk about black, even though black isn't really like some people are Native American, some people are from Africa, some people are from other places, some people were in America. But th that's like a terminology, even though it's loose, it's like black. That means all that anybody of darker skin and you have to compliment and you can't ever criticize that group. That's a, here's what the group means. Here's what it does. And you can't criticize it. Only compliment. Okay, what about white? The roles are reversed. It's like, this is what white people are. You're only allowed to criticize it. And if you ever compliment that group as a whole, that's considered racism. So the whole thing is completely skewed. If you have a Christian organization or a white organization, I don't even know if you can have a white organization. It's probably considered like racial supremacy. If you ever did though, and it's like you criticized one of those two groups, they would call you a racist and an anti-Semite. But if you have a black group who criticizes white people, that's fine. And if you have a Jewish group that actively criticizes that, then it's not it's not considered racist to do that. It's considered anti-Semitic to notice it or racist to notice that those groups are doing it. And if you're someone like Kyrie Irving, just being honest, or, or LeBron James, there's a lot of things you're allowed to do within the confines of your racial activism. But the one thing you're not allowed to do is share an Amazon link that goes against a certain agenda because then you get suspended from the NBA. So that should really just show you, just to be real, where the victim cards sort of lie. Like you're allowed to be a black activist as long as you're talking about this but you can't talk about this. And it's the same thing with what Tucker and Candace are getting, uh, you know, destroyed over, or, or most people love it, but the media is destroying them is because they notice that at liberal institutions as well. It's like, if you have a Republican donor who's donating to a liberal college for 30 years, and they don't mind the fact that they're mandating vaccines, and they don't mind the fact that the uh, rhetoric out of colleges are insane and they allow that and promote that and push that and fund that for 20 years. But the second that there's a Palestinian protester on a college campus, now they're pulling their money. What does that message say to you? It means we don't care about all this. We care about this, not you, this. And if you notice that we care about this and not you, we're just going to call you a racist or an anti-Semite. And that's what the press does. When I interviewed Vivek Ramaswamy, the press came out and called me anti-Semitic a thousand times, even though me and Vivek didn't even talk about Israel at all. Not once. Nothing Jewish even came up in the conversation or Israeli because I'm not curious about that when it comes to Vivek. I was curious about his pharmaceutical past and his double speak in interviews. So it's like, 
that's how ruthless the press is if you ever talk about this topic in any sort of way. And Charlie Kirk's starting to notice he gets called anti-Semitic, even though he calls people anti-Semitic. Trump passes anti-Semitism laws. They call him an anti-Semite. Ron DeSantis is considered anti-Semitic for talking about George Soros. There's multiple articles that call Ron DeSantis anti-Semitic, even though Ron DeSantis passes anti-Semitism hate speech rules into legislation. And now I saw an article, I can't confirm this, but there's an article saying that George Soros allegedly, according to this article and tweet I saw, is funding certain groups that are protesting Palestine. So it's like you're anti-Semitic to be on this side of the conversation and you're anti-Semitic to be on the other side. Isn't that nice? No matter what side of the argument you're on, they'll call you that. So, you know, I, I am wildly uh, surprised, but at the same time, not really that Elon Musk is speaking about this stuff because it is really not only fascinating, but it's like the third rail of politics. Mike Johnson, who's the speaker of the Republican Party, he can say that his white son is privileged, right? He, he comes out and says, my white son is privileged and my black son has it harder. Okay, no one cares. Um, what if he said it the reverse way? It'd be considered racist. So even though the GOP is like totally on your side or even though they're not, they, they don't go here. You know, they go the opposite way and they'll never talk about this stuff. But in public discourse, it is really an important thing because if we're going to live in a country that's multicultural, multi-religious, multi-racial, and there's a bunch of different ideas, it only works, one, if people actually like the United States of America, which you're finding less and less, and two, if, if people are actually equal. You can't have religious freedom where one religion isn't free to do what it wants to do, but the other one is, and the other one gets called this, but the other one, like it doesn't work with all the double standards. There's double standards racially. And there's double standards religiously. And I think Elon Musk is a very database smart person. I, he might have even planted a computer chip in his head where he's like an AI algorithm at this point. And I think he's figured out that this is like the third rail of politics that nobody wants to talk about. So he's like, listen, I'm noticing that there's a lot of organizations that happen to be Jewish that are pushing out a lot of this anti-Western rhetoric. And I'm just pointing it out and just pointing it out. Then they try to suck the advertisers out. They call you this. They find this thing on your website the next day, just spontaneously 24 hours. And then he takes a stance with Jack and Eva and says, listen, like, I guess Elon Musk as a South African who is white or light skinned, he's like, I'm tired of the anti-white stuff. Like, it's like, you know, I'm not sorry for existing. I'm not sorry for being alive. I don't hate all my ancestors. I don't think we've done nothing right in, in the world. And I'm not going to pretend like it. And, and he even said that I think we should shame anybody that tries to make us feel this way. Um, you know, that's a bold statement for Elon to make. Like he's coming out hard in the paint being like, I'm not sorry for my skin color. I'm not sorry for my family. I'm not going to live my life in shame and guilt and double standards. And Elon is very rich and very powerful, but you're going to see now, you know, this is it's going to be interesting because he's crossed that threshold. Like once you say what he said, it's going to be tough. Like you're going to see even though Ben Shapiro kind of agreed with him in some ways, he posted a video and said like he's right that left wing Jewish organizations have been pushing policies that are destroying them. And now they're freaking out about it like that's true. But then Ben will go and say stuff like, oh, but if you do it this way, and it's like, Ben, you could pretend like you're so much different, but you're really not. You exaggerate with that word. You call all of your critics that. You can't have a real conversation. You freak out anytime somebody has an alternate foreign policy opinion. And you say both sides of each argument also. You say that you have to be loyal to this country. But if you say that I'm loyal to the country, I just told you that I am, then I'll consider you an anti-Semite. So it's like, yeah, Ben is better than left-wing groups, but he does the same nonsense. And he leans 
back on it also all the time and constantly accuses people of that. And I see all these Christian pastors and all in the White House, and they're like, I, I talked about this the other day. They're saying, we're going to stop racism and anti-Semitism and Elon Musk anti-Semitic and this and that. And it's like, is self-awareness nowhere in this conversation? Elon Musk just points out that he notices that Jewish groups like the Anti-Defamation League are pushing certain rhetoric and, and you call him anti-Semitic, like it's just hateful. And then one of these doofy pastors, I just saw him post and he's like, oh my gosh, this and it's like, bro, they're just saying hate speech, hate speech, hate speech. It's like, I could do that too. Let me just not ever educate you and just come here and be like, you know what? There's just so much hate and everything's hateful and everything's hate. You know, and there's so much hate speech. And the only way to stop the hate speech is to, you know, break down on the hate. It's like you're, you're saying a bunch of nothing. You know what I'm saying? It's just a bunch of like, you know, I the, the rhetoric's out of control. It's crazy. And, you know, I don't know. It's, it's like have a real conversation about it then. Because obviously there's a lot of crazy people saying a bunch of crazy stuff all over the place. Everyone has the Internet and access to communication. But with this certain topic, it's like you're going to see you're going to see the quote unquote hate speech rise because basically a lot of what people are saying is not hateful at all. It's just a response to other things that they see and just merely noticing it, responding to it or talking about it is considered hate speech. So when you consider so many things like what did Elon Musk say? He said, I've noticed that a lot of these groups are pushing rhetoric that's against them and against people who who support them. And it's like, I don't, it's, it's, it's not good. And then, you know, it's like, well, how dare you say it's not good? Um, how dare you even talk about it? You know, I don't, I don't think Elon's going to stop at this point because I think he's super smart. Um, and I think he's super dialed into what's going on. So uh, I don't know what, how many advertisers they're going to pull out. But I do know that, uh, you know, they're, they're starting the boycott campaign against Elon again to try to get advertisers to pull out, saying it's because of other things on his website that they found. But I just find it shocking that they found those things on his website 24 hours after he said those two things that I showed you. He said, let me know what you think. I think in order for people to be more comfortable and peaceful in this country, there needs to be a real conversation. And we can't just call everything hate speech all the time because then it just makes the tension worse and when nobody's allowed to talk about it but there's double standards for certain groups like your group can organize we can organize but you can't say that we're organizing and while we're organizing we could push policy against your ethnicity and religion but you're not allowed to say that we're doing it so we're going to do this but you can't say we're doing it and we're going to organize but you can't say we're organized in this way and that's going to make everybody really like us a lot because that's how it goes it's like how is that fair? It's not fair. It's not supposed to be fair. You know, this the, life is not fair and I don't really care, but this country is failing on multiple levels because um, for a multitude of reasons, like, you know, everything is kind of breaking down in this country. A lot of things have been immoral. Someone said anomaly isn't our voice. I don't know who you are. I'm not, I'm not asking to be your voice. I'm speaking my opinion as a taxpayer who pays way too much in taxes. Like everybody, I'm not, I'm not, begging to represent you. I don't even know who you are. You have an anonymous name, but it's like, if you want to listen to my show, consider it and then go on and educate yourself elsewhere. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not trying to be an activist. I'm not a racial or religious activist. I'm not an activist at all. I'm a news analyst. I'm analyzing the news. I'm a hip hop artist. And I noticed that when I speak about this topic, even when it's honestly, accurately, fair, kind, thoughtful, not being hateful at all, um, you know, the press is disgusted by it. And, 
you know, this whole conflict in the Middle East as well is really bringing a new divide in the Republican Party. And it's not necessarily a uh, it's not necessarily I mean, it's not good to be divided as a party, but there's there's things that nobody wanted to address for four or five years that it's becoming like unaddressable or, or unavoidable. So, you know, I think the Republican Party has been very fake for a while. To someone saying that I'm plagiarizing someone in the comment section, you know, there's been people for hundreds of years who've talked about this, written about this. If you like somebody who talks about similar topics, you can. Um, I'm not I'm not asking you to even watch this channel, but to say I'm plagiarizing someone who's in their 20s when, you know, people have talked about stuff, written books, written articles. There's, you know, lots of history of this topic. I would say hundreds or thousands of years. And, I, you know, I'm not I'm not plagiarizing, but you're like. All I'm saying is this too. I mean, I don't care, but this is why a lot of people don't even like you is because like I'm going out on a limb to talk about stuff that's important and very difficult to talk about because they try to ruin your life when when, when they do. And you're just acting like an, an annoying, like it's a self-serving thing. You're just like freaking out in the comment section and you're you're assuming that that's where I got everything from and it's actually not. So I don't really care like what, you know? It's like you acting that way is why nobody listens to you and why, you know, people don't like you're not you're not educating. You're just like being annoying. But whatever. Let me see. I'm going to read a few comments before I I, uh, I head out. Someone said, imagine putting a foreign country, religion and ethnicity ahead of your own and then attacking your own people who don't want to bend the knee. I mean, I hear what you're saying. That's definitely happening. And, I, you know, I'm not being hateful when I say this, but um. If you notice, like in certain countries of other religions, they don't put a whole other religion in front of their religion. They don't say like we're Judeo-Islamo. And it's like, do you have no respect for your own religion? Like, I think it would be embarrassing if a Jewish person who was into Judaism was like, I'm a Christo Judaism. They're not Christo Judaism because Judaism and Christianity are different. They're different religions. In many cases, they can't coexist in the sense of like not people can't live together but they're not the same like if, if there wasn't a difference between them there would just be one religion so the reason in my opinion you have all these western countries and they're like why isn't it christian anymore it's like well you don't even respect yourself or your religion to put it before another you put a whole other religion in front of your religion it's like what did you think was going to happen you thought you were going to keep your religion imagine if uh if, if islamic people were like i'm christo islamic it's like are you then you're not islamic because to be islamic is to believe in the quran not to believe in the bible or you know another religious text like the talmud or something or the zohar it's like you know so westerners are rightfully falling and failing because they have no identity of their own it's like you know all these pastors are like i'm going to put a whole other religion in front of my religion it's like why that's weird you know and then you say christ is king on twitter and then people freak out. And I, I, you know, Candace said Christ is king. And I saw all these right wingers say, oh, my gosh, that's so anti-Semitic. How dare you pray for Ben Shapiro to be Christian? I'm offended by that. You don't want it's like, can't you see that it's two different religions? I don't care. I respect everybody. But it's like so many Christians are like so subservient where they're like they can't even say that their religion stands on its own. They have to like combine it to another religion that freaks out when you combine it. Like they don't even want to be combined with you. Uh, if you say Christ or you, you say you're going to pray for Ben Shapiro, they freak out and they're like, let him be, let him be who he is. Well, that's different from your religion then. That's fine. Just say that. You know, I, in my view, it's like uh, America is just like attached at the hip. And, you know, at the end of the day, 
it is what it is like the Europe and America are right now, I think, not working because there's like 15 different ideologies competing with each other. Nobody's united over anything. And, you know, most of the opposition is controlled. Like if you go to the Republican Conservative Party, whatever they call themselves in England, they're not even conservative. You know, like what's the point of voting for Boris Johnson? It doesn't even matter. So it's like, you know, nobody notices that. And then in America, you have uh, Trump and DeSantis and I guess like Vivek or whatever, but he has no chance really. It's like everybody, like Republicans just love Trump so much. They don't think outside that. It's just like Trump world. And then you have Elon, who's a South African who wasn't even born in America. He's out here with billions of dollars. He could just ride off into the sunset. He's not even conservative or Christian. And you have Elon Musk out here doing more than 99.9% .9 of Christian conservative American bred cowboys. And it's like, you know, he's going out on a limb to say all this stuff. And he's not even from here. He's not even eligible, I think, to run for president. He's not even Christian or really conservative at all, except he's growing into it, I guess. You could say he's becoming more conservative. Like, why is he out here saying this type of stuff when no Republican leader has the balls to even say one eighth of that as they take donor money, as they pass speech laws to say that you can't say that they're taking donor money? Like, do people and then they wonder like why do people why are why are there more people who are skeptical it's like when you pass speech laws to say that you can't say that somebody's doing what they're doing how how in the world is that going to make people like less skeptical you get what i'm saying like trump's passing a speech law where he's like here's here's the anti-semitism rules that i'm totally not passing for my donors and we're going to write 15 articles about anybody who says i'm passing it for my donors even though my biggest donors are on stage but pretty much talking about what they care about but you're not allowed to say it and then we're going to pass this into legislation and then we're going to turn at you and say that it's hate speech when you say that we're doing that but we are doing that but you can't say that we're doing that but we're going to take the money but you can't say that we're taking the money and you know it's like <laughs> wow yeah i, I bet america is going to be healed from division and conversation now because you did that like it's only it's only making it worse and it's only making people more um you know i would say divided or skeptical and i would say what laws am i talking about well trump passed an anti-semitism executive order through legislation and it said something along the lines of to stop boycotts divestments and sanctions of israel on college campuses but if you read the legislation, they all have a specific definition of anti-Semitism that isn't what you think it is. But if you go to the State Department website and search defining anti-Semitism, you could see what it says. But don't say that you read it publicly because I tweeted the anti-Semitic rules on the State Department website. And, you know, you had right wing organizations and media companies that were smearing me and talking shit to me on Twitter for posting those rules. So it's not like they don't want you to educate yourself on what's going on. They're going to viciously smear you as an anti-Semite and try to ruin your life for the next 40 years and distort your history. If you ever read what's on the State Department website and share it with your audience, like it's insane. I literally just said, here's the here's the here's the definition of anti-Semitism on the State Department website. Whoever wants to read what's going into legislation by Trump and DeSantis and just tweeting that. I had an entire right wing media organization come out and say, see, this proves that he's hateful. I'm hateful because I posted a State Department link with a definition of anti-Semitism that's being pushed into legislation by Republicans under the guise of hate speech and protecting people. 
uh, you know, this is the third rail of politics. This is when the whole thing collapses. This is why David Harris can sell his t-shirts and poop his pants and everybody else and post their stuff. It's because they don't talk about this. The second they talked about it, they would lose everything and nobody would support them. They need people like that there who just sit there and just say generic stuff and, you know, just play ball when they want to play ball. And I'm not saying they even know what they're doing and I'm not trying to be a dick, but you know, it's just like, that's the Republican party. It's just a big controlled opposition circus. Half the people take money. Half the people are just too dumb or too dishonest to figure it out. And then Candace Owens tweets something and says like, you can't serve God and money. And then you have like a bunch of, uh, you know, bunch of people on Twitter freaking out about that comment. Uh, the one guy freaking out in the comment section, bro, you're a weirdo, but it's fine. Um, Someone said, is that actually Dan Crenshaw? I don't know what you're talking about. Let me read a few more and then I'm going to roll out. Appreciate you. Um, someone said, anyone that supports Jesus Christ is of Israel. Now called Israel is not the Israel Jesus was talking about, said Gonzalez. That's a debate going on in uh, Christian circles as far as what is that what does that uh, section of the Bible mean? Does that mean you have to be subservient to a country? You know what I'm saying? That was given to the Rothschilds, or does that mean something else? You know, there's a lot of Christian debate going on. I'm not really trying to have it right now, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's there's a lot of pastors that say that you can't be Christian unless you get on your knees and give all your money to a foreign country, and then there's others who say it's not what the that's not what the passage says. So, um, let me see a few more. Someone said, speaking up for the American people, telling them to stand against these Western technocratic governments, not stand down. We have the right to defend ourselves. Tyrannical. I'm confused what you're saying, but I got you. Um, let me see. All right. I'm going to roll out in a second. Someone said Muslims believe in Jesus, too. Well, they think he's a prophet and not God. They think he's like a prophet to God. So they respect Jesus, but they don't believe that he's God where Christians obviously do. Yeah. Let me know what you think in the comment section. Um, I'm going to head out. That's the story for the most part. Elon responded to a few of those tweets. If you didn't see it, if you're just joining, you can kind of rewind and go look at it. And once he did that, they're starting to pull advertisers, which by the way, totally proves that nothing he said is true because once they pull all their advertisers from you, that just proves that nothing's going on at all. It's just totally coincidental, of course. Um, to me, it's just like there's other things going on, but I don't know. I think that this is like culturally super, super relevant. And also the Israel-Palestine conflict, it's like, a, you know, there's a lot of cultural. I'm, I don't feel like talking about it on this episode, but, um, you know, apparently I haven't really um, been following the last couple of days, but people on TikTok, like left-wingers, started finding bin Laden's message to America and quoting it or something. I don't know what the, what they were doing with it, but TikTok banned it. The Guardian basically had it posted, and then they deleted it off their page, and I saw that Newsweek posted it. So it's like, I don't know. Culturally, this whole thing has been like so crazy that, like, I don't know. I think it's a massive... I know people are annoyed of like hearing about it because there's other topics going on, but you know, when it comes to Ukraine and Israel, it's like our, our whole Congress is stalled. And the only thing that they could seem to agree on is just doling out money to foreign countries. So I understand why people keep, you know, uh, talking about it over and over. It's because like Congress, they don't seem to be able to do anything except for that. Like, it's pretty crazy. You know, like 
they disagree on everything. They butt heads. But then Chuck Schumer and Mike Johnson have their hands in the air and they're wailing about a foreign country. American citizens have a right to be like a little bit weirded out by that and wonder like, you know, when are you going to when are you going to focus on the issues in our country? And I think that, you know, Elon seems like he's just not playing ball. Like it's, you know, most people will not say much about race when it comes to like white people or whatever, even though I don't know that that's a race. It's like a generic banding of certain people that are Caucasian. But, you know, Elon came out and he's just like, listen, uh, this is too much. Like people constantly guilting and shaming white people for existing is like too much for him. And I think he sees it from a really analytical, like database decision, because when you listen to billionaires like Bill Gates, they'll tell you that there's too many people as far as population growth over time. And they say that like over time, you know, population growth is going to be a huge issue. And when you listen to Elon Musk, he says the exact opposite. He says, you know, population collapse is a problem. And the fact that the left wing is pushing these ideologies that's not just anti-white in many ways, but it's like uh, anti-have babies, anti-family. He, he sees it almost as like, a, you know, a, an end of civilization. So he he talks about these things. He might also be partly autistic as well, but I'm not saying that in a bad way. It makes him super smart. You know, he sees these topics that most people think are edgy. And I don't think he has that like shame or guilt thing in him where he's like, yo, I'm going to talk about this because I mean well and I'm not being hateful, but I'm going to talk about this because no one else is. And he uh, it seems like he's completely unapologetic. Um, we'll see what happens. But I do. I am interested to see how many advertisers pull out if it affects X and how bad the press gets for Elon Musk. Because, you know, weighing in on a topic like this, the left wing and the right wing press will descend on him like vultures and try to, you know, push this narrative about him, even though they did a few months ago. It's just with him, he's so rich and powerful and well-known, you know, will that, will that brand stick on Elon Musk or will it just wash off him like water on a duck's back because he's already so well-known that nobody's believing it. And I do think I'm going to end on this note um, because of the war, you know, the word anti-Semitism now I think has less power in, in public than it ever has because for a while it was just like, oh, people who said this and that. Now, you know, I would say anybody who supports Palestine, they say is anti-Semitic and more than half of the world supports Palestine for a multitude of reasons. I'm not saying they're all right. It's just like now you're you used to like be like, all right, that's it. That's it. That's it. Now they're calling everybody that. And it's I don't know that that label has as much power. If you would have used it three years ago against Elon. I think people would have been like, oh, that's crazy. Um, but now I think even left-wingers who maybe would hear that and be like, oh my gosh, Trump's anti-Semitic. That's so crazy. Or Ron DeSantis is anti-Semitic, even though he's not. You know, now they're, they're being called it. So they don't respect that word. And it's kind of like the word racist. When they used to just barely use racist, it meant something. It's like, holy crap, you know, Don Imus is a racist or whatever. And like, that was so crazy. And I'm not saying like, you know, what he said about the basketball team, you could go look up that whole scandal, but it was like, there wasn't that much of like that word back then. So when someone used it, it really hit hard. Now half the world has been called racist. Just it's like Larry Elder's called a black white supremacist because he's conservative. So when people hear the word racist, only left wingers react, right wingers are like, it's like, like, really? Or are you just lying like you're always doing? So now 
that the roles are kind of reversed with the word anti-Semitism being used against all these left-wing protesters all the time. Now, when the press comes out and calls someone right-wing anti-Semitic, is anyone going to like look at it? Maybe like Ben Shapiro might, you know, feel a certain way, even though he kind of defended Elon Musk over this or someone else and certain groups might hear it. But that word's being so watered down because they haven't been accurate with it or like tried to be crucial. The same way I posted that clip of the guy who is the embassy guy for Trump, you know, they were debating about Israel and Palestine and the Al-Shifa hospital or, or whatever it's called. And I don't even like Mark Lamont Hill. Like he's super annoying to me, but he said something and the guy just called him a Holocaust denier. And he's like, bro, what are you talking? We're not even talking about that. We're talking about right now. But that's like the default is like if you're in a debate and someone asks for proof and it's like a moderate, like just call him something. And it's like, you know, I guess anti-Semitic, he didn't feel like calling him that. So he literally was like, oh, you're engaging in Holocaust denial. And it's like, what? You're accusing Mark Lamont Hill of doing that because he asked for proof. You could say that you don't have proof or you don't, but like, you get what I'm saying? Like the desperation of overusing that word is getting so extreme. I don't know if it's really going to matter that they're calling Elon that, or maybe it will and they'll pull all their sponsors. I'm not really sure. Um, personally, I'm going to end on this note for, for real now. It's been an interesting four years because as I've said, you know, Charlie Kirk used to just call people anti-Semitic all the time. And DeSantis and Trump passed these rules and, and these laws into legislation. And now everyone's getting called that word. Like Charlie Kirk got called it. Tucker Carlson's getting called it all the time. Candace Owens is getting called it. A lot of right-wingers are calling Tucker Carlson anti-Semitic and saying he hosts a lot of people who are anti-Semitic. And it's like, now it's coming full circle. It's like, if you call everybody racist all the time and you're inaccurate with it, and then they call you a racist and you're like, I'm not a racist. Well, of course you're not, but you're also, you've been the perpetrator and the promoter of overusing that word. And what comes around goes around and it eventually comes back to you. So it's been interesting to me because I know there's a lot of people in the Republican party that want to play it really safe, like Charlie Kirk, et cetera. And, you know, I think the people that wanted to play it super safe, nothing wrong with it, I guess, if that's what you want to do, but you know, eventually it's going to happen to you. It's like censorship. You know, if they get rid of Alex Jones, okay, well, then they get rid of this person. Okay. Then they get rid of Jim Jordan. This, And then next thing you know, half the country's banned and you can't talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. It's like, if you don't address the issue and you don't stand on principles, it's eventually going to come back to you. So, you know, I think that the Republican party is waking up to that and it's creating this new divide. That's unfortunate, but it's like a realistic, like this is really what it is. There's a lot of Republicans that they overuse that word and they'll use it against you the second you ask a certain question. Even someone like Charlie Kirk, that's been massively pro-Israel. I would say he's probably like the most pro-Israel person in the Republican Party. He flies people there. His organization is completely you know, pushing that. But then he questions one part of the war narrative and they use the word against him. And he throws his hands up and say, not me. I'm not. I I've called other people that. And it's like, well, that's what happens though. You know, if you're not accurately identifying that this word's being overused, abused, and basically just being uh, weaponized to uh, smear people's character and also shut down certain discussions, then of course it's going to be used against you eventually. So I, I feel like in a weird way, this has been a, a rude awakening to Republicans that are not in any way hateful, but they've constantly accused others of being hateful. And I promise you, if you haven't figured it out now, 
within the next four or five years, you'll notice that the GOP, like this is all they care about. Like they're just going to be calling each other hate speech for the next five years and they're going to accomplish nothing. That's all they do. Mike Johnson, Trump, DeSantis, all, that's all they do. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like a bat signal goes out and they're like, oh my gosh, hate speech, hate speech, hate speech. So it's like, you know, this topic has kind of like brought it to the forefront and you see who's consistent and principled when it comes to protests, et cetera. And then who's not, you know? So it's, it's bound to happen one way or another. And I just hope that, you know, peace in the Middle East happen. And I hope that America can figure stuff out because a lot of things are wearing down. And it's like every year there's a new topic that people freak out about, but they never freak out about our own country and what's going on in it. Like, you know, whether you're on Israel, Palestine, Ukraine, Russia, like I'm at the point now where it's like, can we talk about America? Can we have a real discussion about this country without being called a thousand names? Because this country's not on the right trajectory. And how in the world, like, are we just an empty vessel where people are just going to suck our money and basically just pay 15 different foreign countries all the time? And then what, what happens when we have nothing? Who's going to care about us? Who's going to come here and build our border? Who's going to give us money? I don't know that anybody in the world, including people in South America, Central Europe, everywhere, they just see America as like a piggy bank. And it's like, you know, the people here are suffering and we want to have a real conversation about now. And it would be beautiful if, you know, people had their foreign policy opinions, but we weren't called a thousand names all the time when it's like, what about here? Like, what about right now? Right now is weird. Everything is weird in this country. And nobody thinks it's not 2002 where you can go say you're going to build a school in Afghanistan. Nobody believes it because they don't even want to send their kids to their own school. You know, you say you're giving vaccines to Africa. They're saying now more kids are, are, are opting out after the COVID-19 bonanza, you know, than ever before. So it's like, you know, all these narratives that we're doing all these things around the world, it's starting to really dissolve because people aren't seeing the results in their own uh, communities. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to have a conversation about America. And in my view, this might be unpopular. There's nothing wrong with peacefully, honestly, and accurately calling out certain double standards, because we just have to be honest. Either this is a country where people of all races, religions, and whatever have at least an equal uh, spot to have a, a discussion, or this entire system's lopsided against certain groups of people like aggressively and even simply noticing it makes you a hateful person under five different pretenses. And, you know, I think that more and more people are going to do what Elon Musk is doing and just like want to have a conversation about it. So it's already happening now on, on both sides of the aisle, left wing and right wing. And I'm not saying everybody's having an honest conversation. Some people are full of baloney and so, like Mark Lamont Hill talking to Trump's is Israeli embassy guy. I don't like Mark Lamont Hill. We disagree on a lot of stuff. I've seen interviews where he's a total phony. It's putting me in this weird conversation where like, I, you know, I don't even, I don't even know if he's right, but the, the guy that's supposed to be a right wing calls him a denier of a, of a past tragedy when he's not even talking about that. And it's like, everyone looks at me then and they're like, oh, if you are on that side, you're BLM. And it's like, I'm not on either side and I'm not a fence sitter. It's just like, if you put a Coke and a Pepsi in front of me, the Coke is red, the Pepsi's blue, and you say both of these are water, or one of them's water and one of them's soda. And I say, no, they're both soda. And you say, oh, you're just pessimistic. Oh, pick a side. Don't be a fence sitter. It's like, no, I'm accurately identifying that both sides don't represent me. The Republican Party doesn't represent me. The Democratic Party doesn't represent me. In my opinion, Trump and DeSantis are basically false hopes. They're, they're just figureheads to get you to think that someone's going to do something that they're never going to do because they never wanted to do it in the first place. And it's like kicking the can down the road for the next four or five years. And the longer we kick the can down the road, the worse it gets. So it's like, I don't, I think Trump is better than Biden in some ways, but in many ways, 
he's a guy that most Republicans look to and they're like, oh, he's going to solve all these problems, but he's not barely even going to try to solve the problem. So, you know, I'm not I'm not a fence sitter because I'm not pretending like two cans of soda aren't water or, you know, Gatorade or something like it is. It is what it is until otherwise. It's like if you were in England and they're like, oh, you don't like Boris Johnson. What are you, a liberal? It's like, no, Boris Johnson sucks. And what's going on in England? Like, do these people even have power? Don't they have a queen? Who's the queen if Boris Johnson runs the country? If Boris Johnson doesn't run the country, then what's the point of them being? Like, I don't I don't even know what's going on in England, but it doesn't make you like a pessimistic person to be like, Boris Johnson sucks. Like, oh, what are you, a liberal? You like Sadiq Khan? No. Oh, you don't like Justin Trudeau? It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like a bunch of actors. Like, they're just having these like little fake fights on television all the time and fake drama to get people from not realizing what's really going on. And that's why I consider some of these conversations like Tucker and Candace and Elam, this is like culturally rail breaking because they're going further than most people want to go. And they're tired of like, you know, like everybody's tired of like faking and being like, yo, I like, oh, I got to watch what I say. And Tucker's like, no, I'm, you know, what's going on at the schools is crazy. I'm just going to say it. I'm not a hateful person. You know what I'm saying? But I'm tired of being on the defense all the time and basically having to like apologize for existing. Like, oh, I'm sorry for existing. I can only exist if I do what you say. It's like, no, I mean, I'm, you know, he's, he's taking certain narratives that they told him not to say. And he's like, I'm going to say it anyway. And what are you going to do? Write a bunch of articles about me? You know, that's what, that, that, how many articles have they written about Trump and Tucker Carlson and Elon Musk? I don't know, 50 million. You know what I'm saying? Like how much bad press has Trump, Tucker Carlson, Candace Owens, and, uh, you know, Elon Musk gotten together, probably like a million articles and they just keep printing it out and they just keep writing it. And it's like so annoying. Just have a conversation about it. You know, these are not hateful people. It's like when it comes to me, I'm not envious. I'm not jealous. I'm not hateful. I'm not wanting anything. I don't feel like I'm a victim of any means. I don't I'm tired of people doing this, that anti this pro this. It's like all these words. Let's just have a real conversation. But a lot of people don't want to have that. They just want to like sit behind the screen and try to make you look as crazy as possible for trying to bring up a discussion that they don't want to have. And I think the double standards in this country, in my view, um, the double standards are what's driving a lot of the division. And you can't legislate um, upset people that are upset out of it without having an honest conversation about the double standards. But anytime you have an honest conversation about the double standards, they call you racist, sexist, or anti-Semitic. And it's like, so it's like, it's like, they're just, you know, oh, don't have this conversation, but we're going to spend a hundred million dollars to fight hate. And then we're going to make Uganda gay and put a rainbow flag in Palestine. And you know what I'm saying? And then T Tennessee passes a law and Gavin Newsom's going to lie about it and say that you can't be gay there. And it's like, you get what I'm saying? It's like all this stuff, they're spending all this money doing all this. How you can't spend money to get like, it doesn't work that way. You, it takes self-awareness and self-accountability and everybody coming to the table of all religions and races and having an honest discussion. But that's something that they don't want to have. In fact, the second that people get to the core of what's really going on and want to have an honest conversation in a peaceful way about it, you know, that's when the press freaks out because it's like self-awareness, self-accountability and honesty is not part of the equation at all. And I don't want to talk about I'll make another video for it. But, you know, things that they used to get mad at Ron Paul for. I watched and I watched a debate that was like Ron Paul and Rudy Giuliani like a decade ago. Ron Paul was not justifying what terrorists did because it's disgusting. It's disgraceful and it's insane. But what Ron Paul was saying was 
if we really want to stop the violence, we, we have to be real about what we're doing. And if we're going over to 20 countries and, and trying to instill our values onto people who don't want our values constantly, you know, there's going to be blowback and it doesn't make the blowback justified, but the way to stop it, it's like equivalent to, you know, it's like if you got in a slap fight with someone and you slapped them seven times in the face and then they slapped you back and you're like, why did you do that? That came out of nowhere. And then Ron Paul says, well, what about what happened before that? And they just call you a racist or whatever. It's like, that's what's going on. And the same thing with Ukraine and Russia. It doesn't make you pro-Putin to realize that the, the the conflict didn't start the day of the invasion. The day of the invasion was an escalation in Russia to Ukraine. Absolutely. But do we want to look at the past 20 years? Do we want to look at the treaties? Do we want to look at American politicians flying over to Ukraine in 2016 saying that they were giving them weapons to fight Russia? That would be like China flying to Mexico and giving them weapons on the border and saying, let's start a war. And then a war breaks out and you're like, well, that didn't happen. I mean, if you even mentioned that we flew there, it, it's it's crazy what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't make you a bad person for noticing that. The ultimate goal is peace. The ultimate goal is America not falling apart. But the second that you're willing to come to the table with even an ounce of self-accountability, you're going to see they can't stand it. And there are great people from every race, religion, all 10 million genders that exist, including two-spirited, non-bigoted, non-binary, you know, prototype uh, Odysseus, you know, that's one of the Pokemons. But, uh, you know, there's great people of all types. And when those great people come out and they're willing to have an honest conversation, watch how quickly the press freaks out at you. They're like, how dare you actually, you know, bring something to the table? Like, you should never do that. Go away will put a person here who represents that group of people. Like it's always the activist groups that are like the per people that are planted there and like the worst people that are like, here's what we think. And it's like, do, is that really what everyone thinks? Or are you just the guy that's there to push a political agenda and then call everything racist when you realize that, you know, you're, you're not solving the problem. Let me know what you guys think. God bless you. God bless your family. God bless America. God bless the world. Before I leave real quick, I just want to show you guys. I know Christmas is going up. I got the God bless hats we got blue ones and then we also have god is great sweatshirts these are made in america really nice quality check it out at dreamrare.com you know get your family members something good for christmas something unique something that if they wear people will compliment them and start nice conversations appreciate you guys god bless that's dreamrare.com it has all my merch and if you get it within the next couple of weeks we'll get it to you by christmas easy it should be out within a week god bless Dream Rare podcast ends now. Remember dreamrare.com for the beanies and for the sweatshirts. Hey, what's going on, my friends? Just a few ways to stay in touch and support if you'd like to. The first way is dreamrare.com. We have blue beanies, black beanies, pink hats, other colored hats, freedom versus tyranny shirts, stay blessed long sleeve, God is great long sleeve, and lots of more cool items coming soon. Dreamrare.com. Check out the shop to support. Everything's made in the United States. Handpicked by me. Patreon.com slash rare talk for $5 a month. You can help support me, support the show. If you haven't noticed, unlike other channels, I don't work with very many sponsors, sometimes none at all. And part of the way I'm able to do that is with the dreamrare.com shop and patreon.com slash rare talk. So thank you guys for keeping this show free, unimpeded, uninterrupted. I'm forever grateful. My free email list is stayintouchwithme.com. So check the links below in the description or just type in on any browser, stayintouchwithme.com, all one word. You'll find my email list, put it in there, and it's the least annoying email list you'll ever be on. I barely use it because I don't like getting emailed every day or every week. Week, it's annoying, so I don't do it. Stay in touch with me.com. It helps me 